morning we're in Genesis. Let's go to the book of beginnings, Genesis chapter number 6. And if you're able to this morning, let's stand out of respect for the word of God, Genesis chapter number 6. <clears throat> and named Enoch. And the Bible says that Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for, for the Lord took him. God took him. And uh, so last week we looked at Enoch, and so the Lord brought me to Genesis 6 this morning. And I've entitled the lesson and message this morning one word, build. Build. And you'll see this morning that we need to be builders. Genesis chapter number 6, and beginning in verse number 1, it came to pass... When men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were, they were fair, and that they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he, is also, he also is flesh, yet his days shall be in hundred and twenty years." There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of men came in unto the daughters of men, that they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And the Lord said, excuse me, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh hath corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Let's pray this morning. Lord, I pray that you would help us. Lord, we were not there that day when, God, you decided to destroy the earth, what you had created, all of mankind. But Lord, you have preserved this in your word that we can clearly see your judgment hand because of sin, because of wickedness. And Lord, I pray that in our day, as in the days of Noah, that no matter what this world is doing, no matter what those around us do, no matter what our family and our friends do, may it be said of us that we are walking with you, that we are finding grace in your eyes. Lord, thank you for your grace. And I pray that you'd help us to see the truth this morning, God, that you desire to, to, that we as your people would love you and serve you with all of our hearts. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. As we talked last week, remember the son of 
Enoch, his name was Methuselah. Remember we mentioned that Methuselah's name meant that when he is gone, it will come. Remember that? And those of us that were here last Sunday, we talked about that event that the Bible's describing is what we just read about this morning. Now, we didn't read the full account. We really read prior to that account what was going on in the world in the days of Noah. But I'm glad that God has given us in his word the testimony of a man named Noah, a man that I believe chose to build. He chose to build. Somebody testified years ago, they said, as I watched them tearing a building down, a gang of men in a busy town with a ho-heave-ho and a lusty yell, they swung a beam and the side wall fell. I asked the foreman, are these men skilled and the men you hired if you wanted to build? He gave a laugh and said, no, indeed, just common labor is all I need. I can easily wreck in a day or two what builders have taken years to do. And I thought to myself as I went my way, which of these roles have I tried to play? Am I a builder who works with care, measuring life by rule and square? Am I shaping my work to a well-made plan, patiently doing the best I can? Or am I a wrecker who walks to town, content with the labor of tearing down? O Lord, let my life and my labors be that which will build for all of eternity. When I think of this testimony of this individual, it reminds me of Noah. I, too, uh, like to build things. I, I, like to, I like to have a good time to build things. I like to work with my hands. I like tools, especially power tools. I remember last year we had, as we will again this year, we had vacation Bible school and we were going to have a, 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 a theme last year called Over the Moat. And we, we were thinking about it, we were making plans, and, and I know that a lot of times my staff, they, they kind of look to me like, Pastor, what do you have in your mind? What are you thinking? And a lot of times I can't get it from up here to them. And so I, I began to kind of work on some things, and, and we were going to use this castle that the women had used uh, a year ago for some ladies' event. Now you understand Ladies' events are good and fine, but ladies' events are not vacation Bible school. Vacation Bible school is bigger than a ladies' event, you know? And, and I thought to myself, you know, we could pull that thing out, and we could put it back together and set it up, but I thought, no, that's just too chintzy. We can't put that up. we got to have a real castle, you know? And I started to think about how we could build something, and I... I mean, we started in on this thing, and we went and got some lumber, and then we went and got some more lumber, and then we went and got some more lumber, and I mean, before long, we were building turrets, and we were building a moat and a drawbridge, and I mean, we filled this entire platform up with a castle, and I'm going to tell you something, it was one of the best castles that was ever up, I'll tell you that. We had a great time with that thing, and even I, as we finished that, I stood in the back of the auditorium, and I thought, wow. I don't think that was up here, but I sure like the way it turned out. I just like to build things. 
You know what the opposite of building something is? Tearing things down. Now, I'm good at that, too. I mean, I'm really good at tearing things up. You know, I was one of those kids that I took things apart, but the problem was I never put them back together. And, you know, a lot of times you, you think about that. We have an opportunity. One of the words in the Bible that I love is the word edify. It's a great Bible word. You know what it means? To build up. To lift up. You know, that's what God wants us to do to one another. Is Look, the world beats us down every day. God says we need to build one another up. And Noah was a builder. This man was a, an amazing man the day that he lived in. I mean, a lot of times when you think of Noah, you think about his work on the ark. You think about that accomplishment. And a lot of times we see that as his greatest achievement in life. But can I tell you that Noah was a father? We just mentioned the Bible records three sons that he had. Noah's greatest success in his life, I believe, was the fact that he saw every member of his family saved. What a great thought this morning. Do you know if every member of your family is saved, knows Christ as their Savior? As we mentioned in Sunday school this morning, Jesus told a religious man by the name of Nicodemus, ye must be born again. See, the only way that a person can go to heaven is that they have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And Noah was a man that because he saw his children saved, he was a man that I believe was a great success. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, you think about Noah in his day, and I know we think to ourselves, well, we've got it worse in our day. Can I remind you from the Word of God this morning what Noah had to contend with in his day? Look what the the Bible tells us, I mean, he was trying to raise his family. And by the way, when we look at what Noah went through, it ought to help us to realize if Noah could save his family, if Noah could help his family in the day that he lived in, then certainly we can help our family to live for God in our day. Look at, first of all, I see that he raised his family during a time of extreme wickedness. Look at verse 5. The Bible says, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart. Notice, the thoughts was only evil, how long? Continually. That's all, that's all that they thought about was uh, wicked imaginations, things that they could do. And so Noah was a man that raised his family in a time of extreme wickedness, Notice I also see that he raised his family in a time of extreme violence. Look at chapter 6 and verse 11. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. He, he, he raised his family in a time of extreme wickedness, extreme violence. Look at the third thing I see. He raised his family during a time when God and his ways were being ignored. You think about today, look, do you think God and his ways are being ignored today? Absolutely. So how do you know that? Because every chair and then some would be filled this morning. Look at the Bible says in verse number 12 of our chapter. God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt for how much flesh? All had corrupted his way upon the earth. There was none that was seeking after God. Everyone was doing 
that which was right in his own eyes. That was the day that Noah raised his family. Look at another thing I see this morning is that he raised his family against the backdrop of the impending judgment of God upon this earth. We see in verse number 17 of chapter 6, And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. This was the day. Say, boy, that that sounds like a, a pretty somber, pretty sober picture of the world that Noah lived in. Yes, I can tell you that he lived during a difficult time. But in spite of the difficult time that he lived in, guess what? Noah was a successful father. He saw his entire family come to uh, be saved as a result of the life that he lived. And the question this morning is, can you and I lead our family in our day? Can we help our family to be saved as Noah saw his? See, whether you're a father this morning or not, The question is this, is are you going to be a builder or are you going to be a wrecker? Are you going to be a builder or are you going to be a wrecker? Because notice, first of all, this morning that before Noah built, he walked with God. Sounds just like what Enoch did, right? He was a man that even before the construction began, that Noah was walking with God. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? I'm going to tell you, you study the scriptures, here's what you're going to find out. God does not use lazy people. God is looking for someone who is devoted to him, who is committed to him, who loves him with all their heart, and that's what God found in Noah. He was a man that before he built, he walked with God, and notice about his walk, it was a saved walk. Here was a man that was a converted man. You say, where do you get that from? Well, look at verse number 8. The Bible says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Did you see those two words that describe Noah's life? Grace and just. Those are two great words that help us understand. We know that grace is the unmerited favor and love of God for sinners. And the word just is a word that describes our standing before God, how that we are right before God, that that we are right in his sight. And this is all the result of Noah responding to the grace of God, that he exercised faith in God and the provision that God had for his life. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Look, understand this morning, Noah was not saved because he built an ark. He was saved because he put his faith in God. He believed what God told him. And see, God's grace shows us our condition before God, that we are sinners by nature. It points us to the remedy for our sins. And can I tell you, it's not from some doctor. It's not from some prescription. It's from the great physician, Jesus Christ himself. See, the greatest gift that you as a father 
can give to your family is that they know that you as their daddy have been saved by the grace of Almighty God. You see, his walk, it was a saved walk, but it was also a sanctified walk. A sanctified walk, meaning that he was a man that lived his life consecrated to God, that he was set apart for God's sacred use. And we see this, how the Bible says in verse number nine that Noah was perfect. Now, don't get me wrong. Listen, we need to understand the Bible in its context. This doesn't mean that this man was flawless. He was a man. If you read beyond when he came off of the ark, you'll see some things that happened in Noah's life after the ark adventure. But understand, at this particular time, the Bible says he was perfect, meaning that he was a man that was upright. He was very sincere. He was devoted to God. Not only did he claim to have a relationship with God, but he lived out that relationship so that all could see. Did you hear what I said this morning? There are a lot of people who say they're a Christian, but they don't live out that relationship on a daily basis. Noah was a man that had a sanctified walk to where those around him, and by the way, whether you realize it or not, people are watching you. They're watching your life. They're watching what you watch on TV, and they're watching what you say and what you listen to and what you're a part of. Look, we need to understand, as Peter wrote, that we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, we who were in sin before we knew Christ as our Savior, we lived according to the course of this world. But God saved us. He picked us up out of the miry clay. He set our feet upon a rock. He established our goings. And you see, Noah was a man that, that had a saved walk. He had a sanctified walk. Look, let it not be said of us, what you do so speak so loud that others cannot hear what you say. Let, let that not be said of us. Noah had a walk that when other people saw what he was doing, they saw the sincerity in his walk, the genuineness, the devotion that he had to Almighty God. See, his walk was a saved walk. It was a sanctified walk. Here's a great thing. It was a steady walk. Noah was a man that consistently walked with God. He wasn't hot, cold, up, down here one day, gone the next day. He just walked with the Lord every day, day by day. See, I'm sure that just like you and me and everyone else that's ever been born, I'm sure Noah had some down days. I'm sure Noah struggled in his life. But when you look at his life and you see the way that he lived, I see that there was a consistency in his life, much like I see in other people in the Bible, like, for instance, Daniel. Look at the Bible says in Daniel 6, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day, and he prayed. Now, look what the Bible says. He gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. 
Well, wasn't there a decree signed? Didn't the king say that if anybody does this, that they're going to be put to death? I mean, doesn't Daniel know? Yes, Daniel knew all of that. But Daniel had a steady, consistent walk with God, just like Noah did in his day. And we need to be steady in a world that is constantly changing. You know why? Because God never changes. The world around us changes. But listen, may it be said of us that we have a consistent walk. You see, before Noah ever started to build, guess what he did? He walked with God. Now watch this. Look at the second thing I see. That while he built, he witnessed to others. Now, I don't know how you are. Some people are very good at being multitaskers. They can do two things simultaneously and they can do them well. Most people can only focus and concentrate and do one thing at a time. And that's probably the vast majority of the people in this auditorium. But you see, this is an amazing thing that, listen, listen to me. The Bible says, while he built, he witnessed to others. Now, I realize some of you probably struggle to walk and chew gum at the same time. But this man built the ark and he witnessed to others at the same time. Look at the Bible says in 2 Peter, Peter described Noah in his day, and the Bible says, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person. Look at this description. He was a preacher of what? A preacher of righteousness. Now remember, look, our righteousness is as filthy rags, according to the Bible. So you know what he was preaching about? God. He was preaching about the righteousness of God. He was preaching just like John the Baptist did in his day, that people needed to repent. Because the Bible says that as he was a preacher, that the world, it was notice God was bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. While he was building, he was telling the lost world that the end was coming, that the impending judgment of God, that listen, if they, the only way to escape the flood is to be safely in the ark, which is a type of being in the Lord. And so as he witnessed to others, notice he witnessed to them through his conduct, through his conduct. Look back in your Bible in verse number five of chapter six. The Bible says in verse five, God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. Look, drop down to verse number 12. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh was corrupted, it corrupted his way upon the earth. Verse 13. And God said unto who? Noah. The end of the, all flesh is come upon, come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So notice God describes here, the word of God describes the people of Noah's day. But look at verse number nine. The Bible says that these are the generations of Noah. But then before it describes those generations, it says Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations and Noah walked with God. You know what the Bible is saying there? That in spite of what everyone else was doing, Noah walked a different path. He was a different person. 
Now, you know what that means when we are different from this world? That as we live, just like Noah lived, that his life was a living testimony to everyone around him as they saw him. In other words, Noah stuck out like a sore thumb. You have to understand that. How many times have you read about John the Baptist? Have you ever thought, boy, I bet you they thought John the Baptist was one A1 weirdo in his day, right? The way he dressed, the diet that he ate, the message that he preached. I'm not saying to be a Christian you got to be a weirdo, but I'm saying that there ought to be something distinctly different about us and that ought to come through our conduct. Colonel George Washington Guttrell's was responsible for the completion of the Panama Canal. The climate and the geography of the region were two large obstacles to completing the canal. But his biggest challenge came from the growing criticism back home by those who said that he would never finish the project. At one point, a colleague asked him if he was going to reply to his critics. And here's what Guttrell said. He said, in time. And his, his friend said to him, when? And he said, when the canal is finished. And you have to think in our lives that the Lord expects us, you and me, to be different from the world around us. Look at Matthew 16. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The very lifestyle that Jesus lived is what he desires for each one of us as his children. John wrote it this way, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Who's the he? Jesus. To walk in his steps. To have his mind. We're talking about our conduct. It, look, you have, look, you have to understand, it would have been very easy for Noah just to go right along with the status quo. To be like everyone else in his day. But Noah realized that God had a plan for his life. That his family was at stake. And through his conduct, he built, but while he built, he witnessed. Notice, we see letter B, that he also witnessed not only through his conduct, but through his conversation. See, Noah took the time to open his mouth and tell other people about the Lord, what the Lord was about to do. You have to understand that, look, folks, if you don't tell others, who will? You see, if Christians don't tell people about God, they're not going to hear it on the media. They're not going to see. You know, they've removed God from the school system. We have a responsibility to open our mouths just like Noah did. And guess what we need to do? We need to preach. Now, can I just tell you this morning, the word preach, I understand God called me to preach the gospel. But do you know it's the responsibility of every Christian to preach? The word preach means to declare the truth. Now, look, I, I, might, I might ruffle some feathers this morning. 
But that means every man and every woman should preach. Every one of us. Every one of us need to declare the truth of the Word of God. Some of the women are like, see right there, I, have, I can preach, you know. God wants all of us to declare the truth. That's exactly what God did in Paul's life. Acts 9 and verse 15, the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, he is a chosen vessel unto me. And here's why we preach, because we are to bear his name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. We need to be in the business of sharing our faith with this lost world. That's exactly what Noah did in his day. And when our family sees that we care enough about people that are perishing, that are going out into a Christless eternity, what a lesson we're going to teach our family, a lesson that will never be forgotten. Because in Noah's day, listen, when nobody else would speak up, he was a preacher of righteousness. You see, I see you're a man that while he built, he witnessed to people through his conduct. He witnessed to people through his conversation. He witnessed to people through his commitment. The Bible says, look at verse number three of chapter six. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. Now there's a little bit of a disagreement among theologians. Because you remember before this time that mankind was living long days on the earth. Remember Methuselah, the oldest man that ever lived. Eventually what happened was is that man's lifespan was shortened by God. People don't live 969 years anymore. Aren't you glad for that? I mean, if God gives me three score and ten, that I'll be doing good. But some people say that Noah actually built this ark for 120 years based on verse number three. Other people say if they do the math, they say it's about 100 years. Look, I'm not going to stand here and argue with this this morning. It's somewhere between 100 and 120 years. But do you understand the commitment that Noah had that he built a boat for 120 years? When's the last time you spent more than three hours building something? I mean, my wife's had me work in our house since we moved in in November, and it's about to kill me. But I'm going to stay everlasting at it, and then I'm going to sit on the front porch in a rocking chair and enjoy it, you know? But this man was committed for over 100 years. He worked for God, and he preached And he told people about the impending judgment of God. And after all that effort, listen, after all that he did for God, after 120 years, how many converts did he have? Counting him, there were eight. 120 years. But did he ever stop preaching? No. For 120 years. Jeremiah said, Yet ye have not hearkened unto me, saith the Lord, that ye might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to your own hurt. Isaiah said that this is a rebellious people, lying children that will not hear the law of the Lord. I mean, look, easily, Noah could have been discouraged. He could have got frustrated. But you know what he did? He was committed. He stayed the course. He was committed to the Lord. He maintained his wonderful testimony. 
to live for God in spite of what other people were doing. And the Bible says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Don't give up, my friend. There's going to be a payday at the end of the way. You see, God's looking for us to be committed to Him. And I'll tell you this, even in Noah's day and in our day, a steady commitment to the Lord, you know what it will do? It'll silence the critics. Look at this great verse that God gave me this week, 1 Peter 2.15. For so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. You just go on living for God. You just go on telling people about the Lord. You just go on building for God and let people say whatever they're going to say. But remember what Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. doesn't matter what other people are going to do. Listen, before he built, he walked with God. While he built, he witnessed to others. Look at the third thing I see is because he built, he won his family. Because he built, he won his family. Look at what the Bible says in chapter 7 of the book of Genesis in verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Do you get that verse? Do you Look here, do you see the wonderful invitation from God to Noah? See, he walked with God, he witnessed to others, but his greatest achievement was that he won his family. Notice, what did he win? He won their respect. He won their respect. I mean, uh, you see that how in his life, that when God spoke, he spoke only to Noah. But when the time came here in chapter 7, when the time came for them to enter into the ark, guess what his sons did and their wives? They entered the ark with him. They followed him. Why did they do that? You know why? Because they believed that he believed. Let me say that again. They believed that he believed. He had their respect. There might have been rules at the house that maybe they didn't agree with. But they knew that his walk with the Lord was genuine. It was the real deal. And they respected him for who he was. And look, we need to understand this morning that this wasn't the same in the days of Lot. You remember how the Bible describes in Genesis 19 that Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-laws, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-laws. You see, it was different in Lot's day. You know why? Because he didn't have a consistent walk with God. He wasn't committed to the Lord. He set his eyes upon things that were wicked, but Noah won the respect of his family. How did he do that? By his walk and his witness. But not only did he win their respect, notice he also won their response. Look in your Bible again in chapter 7. Look at verse number 7. By the way, do you get it? 7, 7. Look at the verse. And Noah went in, and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. 
They followed him into the ark. They went into this place of safety. The rains came down and the rest of the world perished, but they were saved. Do you get it this morning? The greatest accomplishment of life of this man was that he was able to see his family saved. The Bible says in Matthew 19, Jesus said, Suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. See, when it's all said and done, here's the question this morning. Will your children follow you into the ark? Will your children uh, follow you in the respect that you have for God? I mean, I realize that our children become adults and ultimately they make their own decisions and their decisions are between them and the Lord. But can I tell you this morning, fathers, that they base what they do on what they see in your life? Let me say that again. They base what they do on what they see in my life and yours. And we have to see this morning through the life of Noah that we need to have a heart for God, that we need to do everything in our power to see our family get in the ark with us. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we look at the life of Noah, and he was a man that I think was a success. He walked with God. He witnessed to others. He told them what God was about to do, and he won his family. Do you want the same success for your life? Do you want the same thing for your family? Then all she have to do is build. Build. Be a builder and not a wrecker. But it all begins by knowing him as your Savior. Remember, he was a man that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He was a just man. He had a right standing before God. The question this morning is, do you know Christ as your Savior today? Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, why don't you open your heart today and receive the Lord Jesus? That's the most important decision you'll ever make. We're going to pray in just a minute, but I wonder this morning, I wonder if there is a father or mother, I wonder if there's someone in this auditorium this morning that would be honest with the Lord and say, I don't know for sure that if I died today that I'd go to heaven, but I want to make sure. I know we're not getting on a boat, but God wants us to go to heaven someday. He's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. This morning, if you don't know for sure, I'm going to pray in just a minute, but I want to include you in that prayer. I want to this morning, would you slip your hand up? No one's looking around. Pastor, I'm not sure, but I want to know for sure. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and I'll include you in my prayer? I don't know your name and I don't know who you are. But just slip your hand up. I'm not sure. Would you pray for me this morning? Anyone at all? 
Lord, thank you for the testimony of Noah. Thank you that, God, we have a place of safety. And it's not in some boat, but it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful for many that are saved. And Lord, if there's someone here this morning that needs to know you as Savior, that Lord, today they would trust you. Bless the invitation now, Lord. May your people do business with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.